things. And a statement that I've been thinking a lot about goes like this. You know you're living with character, you know you're living with integrity when the people who know you best respect you the most. Think about that. You know you're living with integrity when the people who know you the best respect you the most. A lot of people live a dual life. They live a life where the people that really know them well, they lose respect. But you could put on a good show for people. You could put on a good front for people. And maybe you've had this experience. I know I have. You kind of admire somebody from afar. You think that person has a good reputation. I'd like to know that person better. But then as you come to know that person, you come to find out more about them and you start to lose a little bit of respect because you start to see that there are some things, there are some habits and there are some things going on in their life that maybe are not that pleasing to God. And that's not to say any of us are perfect. All of us have flaws and all of us have feet of clay. That's true. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is because Jesus is not like that. The closer you get to Jesus and the more time you spend with him and the better you know him, the more in awe and amazement you are of him. Jesus is different from anybody else you've ever met. And even though we've never seen him, Peter says, even though you haven't seen him, you love him and are filled with joy inexpressible. We love and we know and we get close to our Savior, Jesus Christ, as we walk with him and follow him. And the closer you get to him and the more you behold him, the more respect you have for him. I want to talk for a few minutes tonight about the miracles of Jesus. Maybe you haven't heard a sermon in a while about the miracles that he did. But when Jesus came to this world, he went about not only teaching and not only preaching, but he went about healing. And he went about walking on water and raising the dead and causing the blind to see. Jesus was a man of miracles. And so get your Bible out. Let's look at some passages together tonight as we think about the miracles of Jesus because the closer you get to him, the more you're gonna see his glory, the more you're gonna praise and respect and exalt him because he is the ultimate individual who lived with character and integrity. There was never anybody like Jesus. And you and I can know him and know him closely. Let's talk first of all tonight as we think about the miracles of Jesus, about the abundance of Christ's miracles. The abundance. There were a lot of miracles that Jesus did. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and look at verses 22 and 23. It's the day of Pentecost after Jesus' ascension. And Peter is beginning to preach that famous sermon on the day of Pentecost where the conclusion is, repent and let every one of you be baptized. Acts 2 verse 38. The people wondered after they'd been convicted of killing the Son of God what they should do. Repent and be baptized. But before he says that, here's how he begins the sermon in Acts 2.22. Listen, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan, the foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Peter began his sermon by appealing to the audience's knowledge of Jesus' miracles, and nobody could deny that. They could deny a lot of things about Jesus, but not the fact that he was a man who did miracles. You yourselves are aware of these things. You yourselves are familiar with what Jesus has done in our midst. Everybody knew about his miracles. 
The miracles in Jesus' life begin with his birth. He's conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit, Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. And they continue throughout his life until his resurrection, his ascension, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Jesus went about doing good, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 tells us, and much of the good that he did was in the form of miracles, of miraculous signs. You know, you might categorize the miracles of Jesus this way. There were miracles that were performed by Christ. That is, Jesus touched lepers and made them clean, and Jesus healed blind people, and Jesus caused uh, the dead to be raised, things that he himself did. But then there are miracles that are performed on Christ. Things that were done to him. For example, in Matthew 17, the transfiguration. Jesus goes up on a mountain with three of his disciples and the scripture says his clothing is transformed and became bright and radiant. Transfiguration and a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. The resurrection of Jesus, he was raised up by the power of God, Romans 6 verses three through six. And so we have those performed by Christ, those performed on Christ. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four gospel accounts record more or less, depends on how you count them, about 35 individual miracles that Jesus performed. About 35. If you count the parallel accounts and all of that, about 35 miracles are recorded. But get your Bible and open, if you would, to John 20. And I want you to observe, when we think about the abundance of Christ's miracles, John 20, verses 30 and 31. This is the key statement of the book of John. John 20, verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, John tells us, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You know what those verses tell us? A couple of things. Jesus did a lot more than what we have recorded about him, number one. And number two, you have enough recorded in scripture to where you can have a confident, vibrant, concrete faith in Jesus Christ. You have enough information about his miracles, about what he's done, about his words and his teachings. You have enough recorded by the Holy Spirit in the words of scripture to where you can make a decision about what you're going to do with your life. Now turn over to John 21, look at verse 25. At the end of the book of John, John 21 verse 25, last, last verse of the book of John. John says, now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, John says, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. One of the things I look forward to when we go to heaven is hearing some of the things that Jesus did that weren't written in Scripture. I want to ask some questions. I want to find out things that I've been curious about from the Bible, things I've been curious about in my relationship with God, with others. But I want to ask questions. Tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more about what he did, about the miracles that he did. And tell me about the signs and the wonders that you saw. I want to hear those things. Many other signs John and the rest of the apostles saw and witnessed. The abundance of his miracles. Jesus came to earth and his life was filled with miracles. Secondly, the marvel of Christ's miracles. Now we're talking about people's reaction. When people saw the miracles of Jesus, they had a number of reactions. In the first place, the Bible tells us in Matthew 14, 14, that great multitudes followed him. Jesus never seemed to have a problem drawing a crowd. 
He could walk into any town, any village. He could go to the temple in Jerusalem and by doing miracles and by healing people, people would come from miles around because after all, where else can you go? To whom else can you go in the world to find somebody who can make a blind man see? Where else can you go to find somebody who can heal diseases with just a word? And it's not like the way the doctors work these days where they give you a treatment and then they give you some medication and then they say, we're gonna have to do some follow-up treatments. When Jesus said, be healed, you were healed fully, completely, instantly, 100% back to restored to health. And because of that, the Bible says great multitudes followed him. Not only that, but the the scriptures tell us, turn to Matthew chapter four. This is the passage that Tyler read just a moment ago, that Jesus could heal everything. He is, he has been called the great physician. He is the doctor who never lost a case. He is the one who could heal anything and everything that would go wrong with someone's body in someone's life. In Matthew chapter four, look again at verses 23 through 25 and listen again very carefully to the words. The scripture says in verse 23 of Matthew four, he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, healing every affliction among the people. And because of this, verse 24, his fame spread throughout all Syria, not just Israel, not just Jerusalem, but Syria. Those were Gentile people living in Syria, but his fame spread there. And they through, and, and they through him brought, uh, brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them all. Great crowds, it says, verse 25, followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. People came from miles around just to see and just to experience the healing that Jesus could provide. The marvel of his miracles. The scripture tells us that sometimes when Jesus performed miracles that people became afraid, they were, they were fearful because it was an awesome display of power to see him cast out a demon. It was an awesome display of power to see him say to a lame man, rise, take up your bed and walk, and immediately he does it. It was an awesome display. And I don't know that I wouldn't have been fearful myself seeing something like that happen before my very eyes. The scripture says that people were astonished beyond measure. I'm convinced that Mark 7, 37 is the key verse of the book of Mark. Mark is about Jesus' deeds, it's about his actions. And Mark 7, 37 says, Behold, he does all things well. He makes the deaf to hear, he makes the mute to speak. Jesus does all things well, and the people were astonished beyond measure. I just have no words, they might say. Again, when you think about people's response to Jesus' miracles, Matthew 9, 8, people marveled and they glorified God. We've never seen anything like this. We're amazed at what you're able to do, Jesus. We're amazed at your, at your miracles and your miraculous works. And scripture says, again, all the people, Matthew 12, verse 23, were amazed. Jesus came to this world and he very clearly before people's eyes in a million different situations, Jesus proclaimed and showed them that he is divine, that he is God, that he has God's power. And the miracles are supposed to prove to you and me and to all those people, those miracles are supposed to prove that Jesus is more than just a man, that he really is the divine son of God. People were amazed at what he could do. Incidentally, 
There is a contrast between the miracles that you see Jesus and then later on his apostles performing. There's a contrast between these miracles and the miracles that you see, so-called miracles, being performed today. When Angie and I lived in Tanzania, there was a man that lived in the village where we lived. And this man was known throughout the region as a prophet. I put that in air quotes. He's known as a prophet. And he would ride up on Sunday mornings and in Tanzania, nobody owns cars, but this man arrived not just in one Mercedes, but he had a fleet of them. And he rolled up in his Mercedes and he would go down to this place where his, his church would meet and he would, theoretically, he would heal diseases. And people would come from miles around, but you know what? As much as people seem to believe in this man who was a prophet, I never personally met, and I lived in that village, I never personally met anybody who said, you know, I had this ailment, I had this problem, and, and that man fixed it for me. There's a difference between what Jesus was able to do and what people today claim to be able to do. There are a lot of people out there in the religious world that want to take advantage of and deceive. It's not right for people to do that. Jesus is unique in the way that he did miracles. And we ought to be in awe, just like these people were, of what he was able to do. The marvel of Christ's miracles. Think about this, the power of Christ's miracles. What is, what, what is he able to do? Think about this. There are, if you want to categorize the miracles of Jesus, there are three realms, you might say, the miracles of Jesus fall into. The first might, we might call the human realm. Jesus is able, as we've said repeatedly, to heal diseases. Jesus is able to raise people from the dead. Never met anybody who could do that. Jesus can. Not only are, is there the human realm, but there is what we might call the cosmic realm. The cosmic realm. Jesus could, if he so chose, walk on water. He does exactly that in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus could still the storm. He just arose out of the boat in Mark chapter four and he said, peace be still. And the weather listened to him. Jesus, on one occasion when they needed to pay the temple tax, told one of his disciples to go pull a fish out of the, out of the, uh, out of the river, out of the lake over there, and there was gonna be a coin in the fish's mouth. Jesus had power over nature, over the cosmic realm. And then the spiritual realm. Jesus could cast out demons. Demon possession was allowed during the first century. It was something that was there so that Jesus and his power could be displayed. Even the demons are subservient to and are, are, are humbled before Jesus Christ. And Jesus knew things that nobody else could know. He knew things that nobody else could, would tell them. The Bible says in John 2, 24 and 25, he didn't need you or me to tell him what we're thinking because Jesus knew what was in man without anybody having to say. He talked to that, that woman at the well in John 4, verses 16 through 19, and he, he said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you're right that you, in saying that because you've had five husbands and the one you're with now, he's not your husband. And then she says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. You're, you're telling me things about myself that I, I, didn't, I didn't know you knew this about me. Jesus miraculously knew things that nobody else could know. That's important to think about. So the spiritual realm. But let's turn this another way as we think about the power of Christ's miracles. When we think about what Jesus was able to do, he has power over the following. Disease and infirmity of every kind. He is the great physician. He is able to heal everything that could possibly go wrong with our bodies. Jesus could heal it. And no matter how good a doctor or surgeon you have, and no matter how good a general practitioner you have, they pale in comparison to what Jesus is able to do. 
We pay pharmaceutical companies multiplied billions of dollars every year and they invest in research and development every year. Jesus with a word can fix every single ailment that those pharmaceutical companies are trying to repair. He has power over disease and infirmity, but not only that, he has power over demons. And repeatedly through his ministry, he would meet people who were demon-possessed. The demons had taken control of these people's bodies. And Jesus would say things like this, come out of him. And those demons, immediately, they would come out. There were no incantations. There was no holy water. There was no ritual. There was no going behind the you know, closed doors and saying all kinds of catechisms and chants and things like that. Jesus would just say to demons, come out. And by the way, See if I'm wrong in telling you this. When demons met Jesus, they did not curse and swear. They did not say all kinds of profane things. They spoke truthfully about Jesus. Every single time Jesus met a demon, they said things that were true. In fact, the demons in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they said more truth, spoke more truth about Jesus than a lot of human beings did. I know who you are, the Holy One of God, they say. In Mark chapter 1, for example, Jesus has power over those demons. Not only that, but Jesus has power over, as we've said, creation and nature. Peace be still, and the storm immediately ceases. Jesus has power even over death itself. There are three occasions in your gospel accounts where Jesus raises someone from the dead. And I want you just to make a note of this as you think about the resurrection of the dead as Jesus raising people from the dead. I want you to make a note of this in your notes. Everybody that Jesus ever raised from the dead died again. Everybody. Jairus' daughter, for example, Lazarus, for example. Everybody that Jesus ever raised from the dead died again. They died twice. Jesus is the first person, and the Bible tells us this, who was raised from the dead never to die again. Read 1 Corinthians 15, that's what it tells us. Jesus is the first person who was ever raised from the dead, never to die again. His resurrection means that one day we're going to be raised from the dead as well, never to die again. Jesus rose from the dead, never to die again, but everybody he ever raised from the dead, eventually got older, got sick again, died again, but not Jesus himself. He is raised from the dead, never to die. He has power over death. You can put your trust in somebody like that, can't you? You can look to somebody like that and the closer you get to somebody like this, the, the more you learn about them, the more you see their greatness and their glory. Character and integrity. When the people who know you best respect you the most. The power of Christ's miracles. Let's think about the purpose briefly of Christ's miracles. Why did he do all these? God didn't have to send someone who performed a lot of miracles. He didn't have to do that, but he did. In sending his own son, his own son goes about proving his Messiahship, proving who he is by doing miracles. He didn't have to. He could have just said, you need to believe me. I'm telling you the truth, you need to believe me. And he didn't have to give any confirmation, but why did Jesus do all these miracles? Number one, these miracles are what we call manifestations of his Messiahship. They are proof, they are evidence just like in the court of law, you have to put evidence forth. This is what happened. These are the events. The miracles are manifestations of his, of his Messiahship. In John chapter 2, verse 18, the Jews asked him, what sign do you show us since you do these things? Jesus, you're cleansing the temple. What sign do you show us? 
that proves that you're the Messiah. And in John 7, verse 31, after they considered Jesus for a while, some of the people said this, when the Messiah comes, when the Christ comes, is he gonna do more signs than this man has done? We're expecting a miracle worker. We're expecting someone to come and to save Israel from their sins. Who's gonna do more miracles than Jesus has done? Their manifestations, their proof that he really is the son of God. Not only that, but the miracles, brothers and sisters and friends, they are manifestations of his mercy. Do a study sometime on miracles that ended up killing people because there are miracles in the Bible where people miraculously, supernaturally are put to death. Think about Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years, for example, and the earth on occasion opening up and swallowing multitudes. Or think about Ananias and Sapphira in your New Testament in Acts chapter five, verses one through 11. They lie to the Holy Spirit, they lie to God. And Ananias and Sapphira are both struck dead miraculously. Not every miracle in the Bible is one of healing and causing the blind to see. But when Jesus came to earth and when Jesus did miracles, they are manifestations of his mercy. He caused people to be able to see who had been blind. And he says, that's my ministry. I've come to bind up the brokenhearted. I've come to show mercy to people who need it. They're manifestations of his kindness. What kind of a savior is Jesus? What kind of a heart does he have? He has a heart of kindness and compassion and his miracles prove that. He is about healing. He is about restoration. He is about dealing with evil and casting out demons. He is about overcoming death. That's the savior we serve. Why did Jesus do all these miracles? They're also manifestations of his mission. Why did Jesus come to earth in the first place? He says, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. I've come to save people from their sins, Luke 19, verse 10. And when Jesus healed that man that was laying on the mat that had been lowered through the roof in Mark chapter two, verses nine through 12, the Pharisees and the scribes, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, that's the first thing he said to that man. Your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the scribes said, who is this man that can forgive sins? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know what Jesus said to them? I'm gonna prove to you that I can forgive this man's sins. Take up your bed and walk. And when that man got up off his mat, rolled up his mat and walked out the door, it was proof. Jesus has the power to forgive sins. Those miracles that Jesus did, they're not just neat accounts. They're not just interesting stories. They are integral to the mission and the motives and the desires of Jesus. They show us so much about his character and so much about who he is and so much about what he's come to do. And we need to spend more time as the people of God thinking about and praising God for the miracles that Jesus performed. And not just Jesus, but his apostles, who by the power of the Holy Spirit did many of the same things that Jesus was able to do, proving that their word, that their, their message was sure and steadfast as well. That's what miracles are for. Miracles are to confirm a message, and in Jesus' case, not just the message, but the messenger. That's why he did all these miracles. And what a, what a wonderful, what an amazing example he set for us in how we ought to treat people and how glorious he is. The miracles of Jesus. 
Maybe you need your sins forgiven tonight. You know that response to God consists of being baptized for the remission of your sins, having believed in Jesus and confessed his name, repented of your sins. If you're ready to make that decision tonight, or if you need to respond and ask for prayers, heaven's invitation is yours. While together we stand and while we sing.